No question it's been a tough week for the WRU, the publication of the Independent Report. We'll deal with that at length in this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast. WRU have agreed to implement all the 36 or so recommendations of the independent panel, starting with printing the report in full for everyone to read. Just go to the WRU website. Some positives in there, particularly in terms of recognising recent changes, but also some bad. Then five of the most senior people in the WRU faced the Welsh press after the report had come out. All questions answered in a bid for total transparency. It was important stuff about the future of the game, so we reproduce it here with just a little bit of tidying up. The five were Lydia Sterling, Director of People, Alison Thorne, Board Member and Chair of the Subcommittee on Governance and People, Executive Director of Rugby, Nigel Walker, also the Acting Chief Executive, Incoming Chief Executive, Abby Tierney, and Chair Richard Keywood Collier, who started with a statement reacting to the independent review, once and all. We're going to start by reading out a short statement which I think reflects the feelings of the WRU towards this report. So we're publishing today the independent panel report and we're grateful for the hard work of the independent panel and to the many people who contributed to this review, both from inside and outside the WRU. We actually shared and discussed this report with the WRU board and we're united in our commitment to implement all of the recommendations. I want to start by saying again that on behalf of the whole WRU, we are truly sorry to those who've been impacted by the systems, the structures and the conduct which have been described in the report and which are simply not acceptable. We have to do better, and we will. This report covers our governance, our culture, our approach to women's and girls' rugby, and behaviours of leadership. For anyone who cares about rugby in Wales, it is a very difficult read. And it's a particularly difficult read if you work at the WRU. It is clear that there are many opportunities to avert the serious problems described in this report, which simply were not taken. We recognise that we've got a lot of work to do to win back the trust of our colleagues, our players, the volunteers who are at the heart of the community game, and the supporters that buy tickets week in, week out. This report, though, is really helpful to us in providing a path for some of what we need to do to earn back that trust. We've already committed to listen, to learn, and to change. Nigel, Yayan, Abby and I, and the whole board have committed to accepting the findings and to implementing the recommendations. We welcome in particular the proposal for there to be ongoing monitoring and independent oversight of our progress. We have already made significant changes and progress this year in a number of areas referenced in the report. Thanks to the changes voted through by over 97% of clubs in March this year, we've made significant changes to our governance. We have a new chair, a new board, a new chief executive, 
and the new Executive Director of Rugby, all in place from January 2024. The board will consist of eight appointed directors and four directors elected by the community game. Six of the newly appointed directors have already been announced with one more to be named and four of those that we've announced are women. The elections for the remaining places will be happening in the last week of November this year. There's been a step change in the way in which the women's high performance programme is supported in the last few years. The professional women's rugby programme has received significant investment with 32 full-time contracts now in place for our players and a wider strategy for women and girls rugby will be delivered in 2024. Progress has also been made on improving our employment practices, training and colleague support to help transform our working culture. A new EDI network has been established amongst colleagues with a policy and statement of intent published alongside a refreshed complaints procedure. There is also an external whistleblowing line and our policies on this have been refreshed. Significant change is never easy, but we are committed to operating transparently and to build trust across and beyond the game of rugby in Wales. We're also looking forward in the new year to establishing a new strategy for the WRU. Publishing that, we're looking forward to coming out with new values and publishing those. And in particular, we commit to placing equality and inclusion at all levels at the heart of what the WRU stands for. It has been a very difficult time for our colleagues, our players and other people who work at the WRU. And I want to say a thank you to all those people who have worked despite these troubled times. They've continued to deliver an elite, professional and community rugby game for men and women, for girls and boys and we recognise that's such an important part of Welsh society. Richard, this is a 133-page report that details serious failings across the organisation. How did you feel reading it? Yeah, I felt awful reading it. I felt sad. I felt there'd been missed opportunities to avert what's happened. But I also felt committed to, to making a change. I felt like the recommendations were really sensible, actually. The, there is a lot of them and there is a organisational capacity dictates that we need to prioritise them and start to work on them in a way in which delivers maximum benefit for us. But I suppose I felt it's a good roadmap for us. Nigel, you've, you've been around this game a long time, especially in Wales. How do you think history is going to remember this period in Welsh rugby? Well, let's talk about the now. And I'll throw back to January, first of all. It wasn't any easier reading this than watching the programme in January. We've been through quite a bit as an organisation since then. But as Richard alluded to in his opening statement, we've made progress in certain areas. We know we've got a considerable amount of road to cover ahead of us, but we're committed to covering that road. At some stage, and, and perhaps today's not the day, we will begin to throw forward and we may look back at this recent period, if I can call nine months a recent period, and say, 
That was a watershed moment for the Welsh Rugby Union. That's when the governing body began to make the steps appropriate for a governing body of this size and importance to be the governing body we want to be and to be the governing body that our stakeholders want to interact with. And I sincerely hope, and I do believe, I'm a glass half full person, I can't help it, but I do believe we'll look back and we'll say, now that was the moment when we started becoming a truly world-class professional governing body in all aspects of our operation. And, and Abby, Amanda Blanc had her business credentials question remarkably. Are you confident that you will have the support and the, the ability to change this organisation and be listened to in a way that allows you to operate effectively? Yes, I am. Um, I did a lot of meeting with people and talking to people and listening to people as part of my due diligence on this job and it was something I constantly tested through that process. I've been overwhelmed by the amount of support I received at all levels and this sense that everybody wants us to be a success and the world-class organisation that Nigel has said so I think there's an amazing mandate and platform here to deliver that so yes I am absolutely confident. How did you feel reading what Amanda experienced? I think it's probably the hardest bit in the report actually because that was black and white of somebody who had wanted to contribute significantly to making Welsh rugby a success and wasn't heard and wasn't listened to. Um, so it made me incredibly sad. Um, but also, I now look at where we've come and all the progress that has been made, and I'm confident that that will not happen again. It certainly won't happen again under mine and Richard's leadership. Pretty much says the lack of clear strategic plan in terms of the way the women's game will run. Yeah, I th look, I think going back in the past, it's it's really hard to defend that position, right? I mean, it's clear that more should have been done earlier with the women's game. There is no doubt about that. We were behind, I think, since probably the beginning of 2022. And Nigel, you might want to take a little bit of this. A lot of effort has been made to catch us up. And it's, it was great to see the women playing in the WXV in the top tier of that. That's not an excuse. <laughs> And there is a lot more to do in the pathways and there's a lot more to do in the whole women's strategy that we need to take forward. But yeah, we wasted a number of years. We clearly made mistakes. We didn't recognise the importance of women's rugby, not just in this country but throughout the world. And it took us a while to come to that conclusion. Tonya and Toniatzi's letter to the Welsh Rugby Union with 121 signatories was a wake-up call. Off the back of that, a review was launched and certainly I was recruited later on that summer and I had two or three interviews, whatever it, it was, and a large part of those interviews was spent talking about my plans for the women's game. So the penny had dropped. It had taken an enormous amount of time and nobody's going to hide away from that. We should have taken that action sooner. But from day one to the current day, I have been asked, I was going to exaggerate and say every single day about the women's programme, but I've been asked repeatedly about the women's programme. I was left in no doubt when I started in September 2021 that it would be a priority. And we moved quickly as an organisation. I was pushing at open doors for the first tranche of women's contracts, which were announced in the November. They came into being on the 1st of January, and we've continued to invest in the women's programme since. And it's not just the top tier, the 32 contracts that Richard has talked about, what we've done to establish the Celtic Challenge and two teams to play in that tournament in the coming year, 
what we've done with our player development centres, what we've done with our hubs. Now, do we have a strategy? Well, it's there in part. And as Richard said, we will deliver that strategy early in the new year. So we are committed to women's rugby. We know what we need to do with women's rugby. And we've just bumped into somebody who's playing a part in the women's pathway. And her comment to me was, I recognise, because she's been around for a few years, I recognise parts of that report, but it is significantly different now and for the better. It is an exciting opportunity for us. It's a massive potential opportunity for us. So, yeah, we're absolutely focused on it. It'll be one of the first things we produce in 2024. But at least you come to, I think, Abbey Grand Zero now, and when you come in in January, is there a chance to build? That absolutely is. And... Um, If you look at the recommendations in this report and the work that's already been done, I I remain hugely optimistic about the future of Welsh rugby. I think it's a fantastic platform. We were talking to the board about it this morning. All of these recommendations take WRU out of them. They're about running a good, strong, high-performing organisation. You would want to sign up to them. We now have a process in which to do this and a united team to do it with so absolutely it's a fantastic opportunity and the lack of any plan that it talks about quite often is that something that you three at the top will be trying to address yeah absolutely i mean you're one of the first processes that we're going to undertake as a team in total the board the executive together is going to be put in place a new strategy for the wiu and that will fall into a corporate plan and I would expect for the board to have an input to that strategy, for the board to sign off that strategy, but for the executive then to implement it and for the executive to be held to account by the board for the implementation of that strategy. Words are important because they set the tone and they set the future direction, but actually what really counts is actions and what really counts is what you follow up. And we are making some very clear statements within the board, within the whole organisation of what's expected going forwards in terms of our culture. But you can't just wish a culture into existence by talking about it. You've got to live it every day. You've got to talk with people about what it means to you, what it means to them. And you've got to spend time on being really clear with the people who you work directly with and then for them who they work directly with about what is acceptable and what's not acceptable. And I think we're honestly pretty clear about that. And so it will happen over time. You build trust by actually following through and delivering what you say you're going to do. You build trust by actually being authentic, by being open with people, by being transparent, by being upfront with what you're intending to do. And frankly, we probably won't achieve everything we've said we want to do, (laughs) but that's okay. It's okay to be as straightforward about the fact that you've missed on one or two things because that builds honesty transparency it builds you know a different culture than what's been experienced and i'd rather have people shooting for the moon and falling slightly short than kind of shooting right down here in terms of an organization so absolutely we're committed to it i wanted to just bring in alison at this point because we do want to make sure that the culture is embedded and we are making sure that that happens at the board level by some of the things that Alison's been thinking about. So let me just bring in Alison for a moment. Good afternoon. I think an answer to that question is that one of the recommendations is there will be an oversight group. So there'll be three independent people who will hold us to account. And they are there on behalf of the Welsh public. Those people who watch, support, 
etc. And so as an executive, they'll be reporting to the board and the board will be reporting to this oversight committee quarterly for the next three years. And through that transparency, and it will be transparent to the public, then hopefully really build trust with the actions that we're doing. We've already started to think about how we respond to all the recommendations and there's around 40 of those in the report that you'll have seen and our intention is to publish our response to those recommendations on a quarterly basis and the first of those responses should be coming out fairly shortly in the new year. We're going to report on calendar quarter ends going forwards and we will make that public. For almost 150 years the clubs have guarded their control of the game which has led to a lot of people very very similar having the deciding vote everything that the report highlights you're now asking them to go down to just two representatives at the top level just to set some of the context to make sure everyone understands it so over 97 percent of the clubs voted in march to make the current changes which are just now being implemented put in place and that was basically taking the number of elected members from eight down to four and increasing the number of appointed members from four to eight. And that will be fully in place, I think, by basically the last week of November. So we're pretty close to actually delivering on that. What the report actually says, I think, is that it recognises that that is quite a significant governance change. And it recommends that we should experience that for a period of time and that within two years we should review the governance and have the governance reviewed and certainly my intention would be to do that from an external perspective looking in so we have an independent view at that point in time at that point we can have a a good look at how it's worked and how it's working and then of course yes the report does say and it's actually quite prescriptive in what happens to council at, at that point in time and it would be my intention to work very closely with the clubs on implementing those recommendations. I think it's really important the clubs have a say in that, they have a voice in that, and I'm sure some of that will be happening this Sunday at the AGM. I'm sure that will be a topic of conversation then. So we're looking forward to that process. I think everyone I've talked to wants to get the governance right and wants to make sure that we have a balanced set of voices around the decision-making tables. And that's the point, it's not a power struggle, it's trying to get the best voices and a balanced set of those voices around the table. Is this the moment that Welsh Rugby is moving from the control of the clubs to maybe a, a wider control of independence, Welsh society? No, I think that the, the balance is there in, in what we have. We are the Welsh Rugby Union of clubs, that's what we are. And our members are all clubs. And our members still control us. And rightly so. There is a balance in this. The board may be changing or has changed in construct. There's a recommendation here that the board will change again in two to three years' time, as I kind of read it. But we're still going to be owned by member clubs. And therefore, they will have a very real voice in that. If you think they're like the shareholders from our perspective, and it's very important they stay there. We have to also celebrate our club members and the volunteers and the hours they put in. And I also would want to thank all the people who've spoken up to enable these changes to happen, which is coming from the grassroots. And I think it's through really listening to those people that we want that representation because we want a diverse board. We want different lived experiences. But it's our responsibility to ensure that everybody feels happy and comfortable in that space. So we will absolutely invest in development, in training and support so that when people progress 
through the club committees and onto the board that they feel comfortable and confident to deliver in that space. And you know, the, the report clearly says that we just haven't done enough for people over time. And so there's a, a lot of changes that we can make to ensure that people, that we really get that lived experience, the diversity of thought with comfort and confidence. My wrong selector was the hardest part to read. Yeah, a woman of her standing. Are there people who were in positions of power then, still there now? So let me reiterate, we have a totally new board. There are six new members already appointed to that board. There's one new one about to be appointed. Malcolm Wall remains on the board. Um, and he's been on the board for 18 months and chairing the PRB. There are four elected members and they're up for re-election going forwards. As far as I'm concerned, as a new board, we will take a totally fresh approach to these things, which you would totally expect us to do. And I was shocked when I read Amanda Blanc's resignation letter and I was shocked when I read her resignation speech. It was a bit like Nostradamus moment, wasn't it? Just, you thought she predicted the future and it came about and it was, and it was true. You know, one of my biggest regrets is that Amanda Blanc is not still on the board, frankly. I mean, she's a high-quality individual and she wanted to give a lot to Welsh rugby. And we have lost out because she's no longer with us. And I don't want that ever to be the case again. I want to attract the best talent around this board table. I want to attract the best talent to Welsh rugby. And it can't be acceptable that people don't feel safe and they don't feel they can contribute their all to this really important organisation. Is that person still there and are they considering their position? So I don't know who that person was. Um, and uh, if that person is still there, then yes, I would expect them to consider their position, frankly. But we have changed half of the elected members already and the other half are up for re-election this coming November, like in two weeks' time, I think. So I'm sure that people will bear that in mind and examine their own consciences as to whether they feel they're able to continue and want to continue. But I do want to emphasise, I mean, the first elected member that I met properly and had a, a cup of coffee with, they had already done 140 meetings that year on behalf of the WRU or the council or the community game board. And he was a volunteer. And so I think you can get out of sync with this thing a little bit. There's a huge amount of hard work that goes on through the district reps and the and the national reps to actually just basically create the whole community game and make it work. And so I'd, I want to be very cautious about not recognizing that because that's an important feature. Now, needs to change, needs to, you know, people, that, that is a totally unacceptable attitude, just to be clear. But, you know, hopefully, one of the things that Alison has done is put in place a very comprehensive induction program for new board members, and mm. we're all going to go through it, quite mm. frankly. It's an induction program for boards in general, but it's also an induction program for the WYU board. And there's a lot of history, there's a lot of background, there's a lot of important things that have happened over the last couple of years that we need to build into that. So I'm hopeful, as Alison says, with a considerable degree of that training behind all of us, that this is a thing of the past. So it's a long report, but worth reading. More reaction over the next week or two on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. But until then, goodbye.